One of my favorite childhood games was that fast and frenzied-paced game, Hungry, Hungry Hippos. There were four hippopotamuses. There was a pink one, yellow, green, and orange, and they all had a lever on them that you'd release all these white marbles into the game, and the faster you pushed the lever, your faster your hippo ate them up, and the one who ate the most won the game. That perhaps I loved this game because it came out the year I was born. You know, right place, right time. Or maybe it's because it required very little patience. The game was over in about two minutes. Or perhaps because it required zero skill. All you had to do was push the lever. But they relaunched this game in the 1990s, full of nostalgia and trying to engage the next generation of children. And the commercial had this catchy little jingle. It went, it's a race, it's a chase, hurry up, feed their face. Who will win? No one knows. Feed the hungry hippos, hungry, hungry hippos. Open up, and there it goes. That this was a game without limits, where more was always better. And we find a very different picture in Paul's letter to the Philippians where it says, though Christ Jesus was in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself taking the form of a servant, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. That it is a story of love that is willing to embrace limits. As it says, look not to your own interest, but to the interest of others. And then we are invited to have the same mind and same love that we find in Christ Jesus. And we think this passage from Philippians is part of an early hymn in the church, but it's a love that we not only sing about, It is also a love that is practical and concrete. A love that you can get your hands around. That too often we end up separating the tangible from the spiritual. But God's love is extremely practical and concrete. As Wendell Berry writes, the breath of God is only one of the divine gifts that make us living souls. The other 
is the dust. Most of our modern troubles come from our misunderstanding and misevaluation of the dust. And most of Jesus' parables were about the dust, trying to make the love of God concrete. Like where he shares this parable about two sons that were asked to go out into the fields and work. And the first son quickly said, no, I'm not going to work today. I've got too many other things to do. But later on, he changed his mind. He put on his boots, he grabbed his gloves, and he went out into the fields to work. The second son quickly said, Sure, I'll go out and work, no problem. But later on, he sat down on the couch and he kicked his feet up and he changed his mind. I'm not going to work today. And then Jesus asked the chief priests and the elders, who did what was most good? And they said, the first son, that apparently... It matters more what we do in the concrete than what we say in the abstract. But Jesus said, truly, the tax collectors and prostitutes will enter the kingdom of God before you because the religious authorities said they were going to do and instead They did not go and care for the needs of others. That what we do with the dust truly matters. Robin Wall Kimmerer says that there is a clear difference between those wool socks you buy at the department store and the wool socks you get as a Christmas gift, that when I go out and buy socks at Belk's, they are my property. As she says, I don't have to write a thank you note to Belk's. I don't have to make sure I wear those socks the next time I see my Aunt Carol so that she knows I really do like them. But when a family member knits those socks and wraps them up for us, they are a gift. And that is different because a gift creates a relationship that I will write my Aunt Carol a thank you note. That it invites mutual reciprocity. Not because we owe that person something. That is a cheap alternative for gratitude. That we feel grateful. And we want to express our thanksgiving. And Robin Wall Kimmerer is a member of the Potawatoma Nation, an indigenous people to North America. And she says... That term Indian giver is grossly misunderstood. That it's used 
negatively about someone who gives a gift but then wants it back. But she says you can't understand that term if you remove it from a gift economy. That it does not make sense in a world where I buy my socks at Belk's. That in a gift economy, a gift has value because it is passed on to somebody else. That we pass on what we have received because it creates relationships. It builds community. It forms connections. It helps others. Which sounds a lot like the same mind and the same love that we find in Christ Jesus. That the grace of God continues to have value because it is passed on to somebody else. And we seek practical ways to do so. When I think about the offertory prayer that we say most weeks in worship, that we have to be careful that we don't consider it a prayer of obligation. That we should never overlook its importance in worship because it is our efforts to put words to what we do with the dust. Out of our gratitude for the love of Christ. That they are our gifts that we pass on to others. They form relationships and build community. They offer assistance and sustain the church. They are practical and sacred, and they honor the gifts we have received from God. And over the years, I have become thankful as we have given to the church because it is so practical. Because there are other times in life because of the circumstances around us and what we are facing that we are unsure how to express our faith. That we cannot answer the hardest, most pressing question. That we cannot solve the most enduring dilemmas around us, that we don't know how to respond to a particular crisis, or we might feel distant from the faith that anchors us. That I have become thankful for all of those things in our faith that are practical and concrete. Offering us a way to express our gratitude and lean into our faith because we can put our hands around them. And because they bind us 
to one another. That they bind us to this place and to our ministry together, to our shared calling, and to the love of Christ. Amen.